Okay, welcome back. This is Joe McHugh, your independent candidate for President of the United States with the Liberty Strike. Today, I'm going to share with you a, a story. Um, a, you know, I ran into a gentleman, and we'll back it up for a second. You know that, uh, that I'm on the road, and I have been on the road since October of last year. And I've been going from state to state, meeting people individually, um, shaking hands, asking for feedback on what is important to them, and collecting petition signatures in various states to get on the ballot as an independent. And uh, we're on the ballot in Utah after getting 1,500 signatures there in Colorado. We met a number of people there and paid the filing fee and made our way over to New Jersey and then um, you know, to New York and to Pennsylvania um, and then went back to Michigan for a couple of months while the coronavirus uh, was out of control and settling down. And then we got back out on the road here uh, in Tennessee about a few weeks ago, sometime in, uh, in May. And the way I've been able to travel is in my car, and then I sleep either in my car or in a tent, depending on the temperature, if it's cold to sleep in the car, if it's you know, when, since it's been warmed up, um, I've been sleeping in a tent, find a place to pitch a tent. And then I work out and shower at Planet Fitness, uh, because Planet Fitness happens to be located pretty much everywhere across the country. And so it's been very convenient. Been allow, it's allowed me to make it, you know, maintain a, uh, I guess, kind of a gypsy or itinerant lifestyle in which I'm traveling from place to place in order to honor my oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States um, against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And you know that I believe that we've been attacked and hijacked from within. So today I want to share with you a story uh, that I, um, you know, an encounter that I had with a gentleman at a Planet Fitness here in Tennessee. And, uh, you know, we were just in the locker room and I just said, hey, how you doing? It looks like you got a good workout, he had a good sweat on. So I'm like, hey, it looks like you got a good workout on. And then he, he took it into a spiritual direction. Now, you know, again, politics is, is what this campaign is about, but I do believe that it's important to know who you're going to vote for or who, who your elected representatives are and what their beliefs are. And so personally, I identify as spiritual, not religious. I was born and raised a Catholic, but I, I, I have a problem with the Catholic doctrine in particular with the idea that we grow up saying that, um, you know, forgive me, Father, I have sinned, uh, but say the word and I shall be healed. And, and that is, that's kind of asking for external validation and, and reinforcing in the mind that, that, that you're a sinner and that you need someone else to, to forgive you as opposed to doing the healing on your own. And so anyway, this gentleman turned it into a spiritual direction and I'm okay with that. And he, he started talking about um, how he asked me if I was a follower of, of Jesus. And I said that I believe that Jesus was a wise, enlightened person who believed in love, and I am a follower of his teachings. And, um, and then he went on to talk about whether or not I you know, read the Bible. And I said, well, I read it a little bit. Um, I haven't read it cover, cover to cover, but I pick it up on a, on a, you know, on a regular basis and open it up to whatever the, you know, the book has to say to me at that given moment. And I read it. And 
Now, he had, he had this to say to me. He told me that God created Jesus and Lucifer, that Jesus and Lucifer are brothers. And now I can, I can understand this because, again, my, my background, I like to study multiple religious uh, texts. I don't just stick with Christianity. I also read uh, The Way, which is, which is Taoist. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I st I've, read, uh, I've read some Buddhism and uh, some Hindu as well. Um, but, uh, and then, you know, to a lesser extent, I'm familiar with, with Islam. But um, generally, what I found is that the majority of these religious doctrines all care about the same thing, which is the golden rule, to treat others as you would treat yourself. And... Um, and more or less about love and respect for one another. So in the Taoist doctrine, from unity comes duality, and from duality comes the Trinity. So I relate that to Christianity and the Trinity, and he was asking in, in, in duality of, of good and bad as represented in, in Christ and, and Lucifer. And, but he took it a, a, another step further. And he decided to explain to me that to be a follower of Christ, then you really need to empower Lucifer. And that through Lucifer, one is tested and one is, will be identified as somebody who sides to, chooses to side with good or with evil. And only through that test uh, will will you, I guess maybe this is where the word testimony comes from, uh, but only through that test will you, uh, I guess, be identified or be saved or whatever. I'm not really sure what he meant. But I have a problem with this doctrine. And the reason why is because it provides an excuse to people to be bad people to other people. It completely invalidates the concept of treating others as you would treat yourselves. It provides the pretext for racism, classism, and all other types of isms which are discriminatory towards your fellow brother and your sister. And to me, there is nothing that can excuse that. And if, if, and I don't know that this is the case, but if this gentleman's belief is more common spread and widespread throughout the Christian community. And if that means that there are Christians out there who believe that to be a follower of Christ, you must be evil to other people in order to determine where they fall on the spectrum, then that to me is, is a bastardization of Christ's teachings and and the teachings of all enlightened people that have walked the earth, that have, that have all intended to teach exactly the same thing, which is love is all that matters. Love and respect for one another. And so it really bothered me that he was trying to, that he was trying to tell this to me because in my experience over the last eight years, I have had a lot of people try to get me to commit crimes, uh, to go along with, to go to 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 fall to their entrapments, to go along with their illegal activities, and I don't know what to make of it. To me, I just thought it was just 
it was just, you know, government that has gotten out of control and is entrapped by the intelligence community and the Federal Reserve. But if there is a religious element to this as well, in which the Christian community believes that you, in order to be good, you have to be bad to other people, there is a word for that. It's called devil worship. Devil worship. Satanism. And I cannot get behind that. I cannot get behind the idea that to be good to people, you have to be bad to people. That is not, that is not the way to behave. Um, that is not right under any context because that is exactly the duplicity that has led to our current state of entrapment and confusion in the first place. And that if we are to escape that, we need to mean what we say, do as we mean and mean what we say. In the military, there was a phrase called words mean things. And the idea there is to make sure that you use the proper word to describe what you intend to communicate in order to ensure that the message is delivered to, in the manner that it was intended so that you can, uh, you can achieve the desired outcome through the people that you are communicating with. In this context, with regard to this gentleman, who is trying to communicate that in order to be good, you must be bad, or that you need to be bad in order to be good. That is a, again, a bastardization, a intentional confusion of the idea that words mean things. It is, it is a plunge into subjectivity, and that is the domain of evil. That is the domain of tyranny. That is the opposite of liberty. And, you know, and I just have a, I just have a problem with that. You know, as, as someone who swore an oath to support and defend the Constitution, that is my religion. If you really want to know it, my religion is the Constitution. Because the Constitution and the Declaration prescribe for equal rights to all people at all times without exception. And America has not lived up to the words in our founding documents. And that is the reason why we, were, we are in the problems, that, or why we are in the, the circumstance and we suffer from the problems that we suffer today because words have ceased to mean things. Because we as Americans have failed to live up to our own words, our own values, our own ideals of life, liberty, and love, the pursuit of happiness, liberty, equality, and justice, opportunity for all. I think it bothered me, it bothered me to such a great degree because I do not believe that this is a, this is a gentleman who is isolated in his beliefs. I believe that this is more common spread, commonly held, is a more commonly held belief than than one would hope. And, and I think that the evidence for that is all around us. Instead of air that we can breathe, interior, over half the country lives in areas in which the air gives us asthma and makes us sick, causes all sorts of coronaviruses. Yes, the cold and common flu are part of the coronavirus family and they're also incurable. So if you've 
questions about the coronavirus, you may want to look into why the U.S. government was funding the coronavirus. It's on the NIH website. The water that we drink, over you know, 20 to 50 million Americans have unsafe levels of lead in our water. And the most people, according to the Rhode Island Department of Health, the CDC, EPA, and other organizations, most people drink water with PFAS in it. And PFAS is the is a collection of, are a, a group of chemicals that are used as non-stick surfaces. And they have permeated our water system and now are in most people's bodies as well. The food that we eat makes us fat and sick because it's full of Roundup and genetically modified crops that are modified so that we can put more Roundup and pesticides on it rather than simply trusting nature and growing crops out of the goodness of, of healthy soil and avoiding the use of pesticides altogether. Crops naturally are resistant to, to uh, insects and when you do proper crop rotation, you can produce healthy food that keeps us healthy and behaves as medicine rather than as toxic through the modifications to the genetics and the use of pesticides in the food. Our economic system is designed to consume resources and pollute the planet. The monetary system that is in charge, the central banks around the world, including our own, are not owned by the people, but instead owned by private bank financiers and the banks themselves and the shareholders of those banks. And, you know, whoever, the other half of the golden rule is whoever has the money makes the rules. Whoever has the gold makes the rules. Well, the rules are creating this hostility in the world. They're creating these stressors. They're creating these conditions in which people have to take to the streets to protest for the rights, for the equal rights of people, which are naturally endowed through God, through nature, simply by walking the earth. We don't need any government to give us our natural rights of humankind. But because we have to take to the streets and demand that, but because we do not have an ownership stake in our Federal Reserve, because words have ceased to mean things, because we are entrapped in the land of subjectivity, both in our law, in our monetary system, as well as in our faith, potentially, if this guy's beliefs are more widespread and people believe that to be good to be bad. That's subjectivity. That is, that is the devil tricking you. And I cannot... I cannot ascribe to any sort of relationship with that whatsoever other than to put it down to where it belongs, which is not in our, not in our lives. America is a land of the free and home of the brave, and we, it's about time that we start living up to it. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for all. And that does not involve being bad to people in order to find out if they're good. I'd like to put that person 
in the military, strap them with an M4, and tell them to go fight for the oil over there while we sit here and watch. Because when you fight, because that's exactly what he is championing. When you believe that to be good to be bad, to good to you must be bad, then you also believe in defrauding the people of our natural rights of mankind, and you also believe in entrapping people in the subjectivity of lies. And America is better than that. We are better than that. And that's the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. Our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution are meant to mean something. Our oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, is meant to mean something because words mean things. When words cease to mean things, we cease to lose, we lose our liberty and we lose our value as people and as individuals. We lose our individual sovereignty, our God-given rights to make our decisions because we choose to make those decisions so long as they don't hurt or cause damage to any other person. This is Americanism. This is, not, this is not partisanship. There's no Democrat. There's no Republican. This is what it means to be an American. And I believe that Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, and every other person out there who has been an enlightened teacher of the spirit, of love, of religion, has believed in the same thing, in the natural rights of humankind in the law of love and the laws of nature and the golden rule to respect each other as we respect as we respect ourselves as we want to be treated ourselves that's what it means to be an american and we as americans deserve and owe it to ourselves to ensure that that this this folly line of thinking that to, good, to be good, you must be bad. In order to test someone to find out where they, where they stand. That's got to go. That's got to go. Because the people who participate in that corrupt system are no better than the people who they're attempting. One more story. When I was going through logistics school... As, a, as an officer in the Marine Corps. First thing you do, you go through officer candidate school, 10 weeks at Quantico, then you go to the basic school, which is six months of training in which you learn how to become an officer of Marines. And then after that, you go to your military occupational specialty school, which is logistics school for me. And when we went to the field, logistics officers are in charge of motor transport operations, convoy, convoy operations, Basically moving gear here and there, and sometimes we'll also double as supplies officers and that sort of thing. Make sure that the troops have everything that we need in order to support the war effort. And when we would go to training in the field, we would take the trucks out to the field and inevitably the trucks would break down. And they broke down with such frequency that I walked up to my, to my officer in charge, 
of the of the class and asked him, did you do this on purpose? Did you sabotage the vehicle in order to create a learning opportunity for us? And he said, absolutely not. These things happen in life without us even having to do it. So no, we didn't, we didn't do that. And I mentioned that because one does not need to be good to be bad. One does not justify their bad behavior by saying that it is the only way to identify who is truly good. We don't need that level of interventionism. We simply need to only live with love and respect of one another. And if we do that, in the natural course of human events, there will be opportunities to see where one lies, where their metal meets the road, whether they have, they're a person of good, of high character or low character. We do not need interventionism to find that, to figure that out. And so that is the reason why, again, as part of my platform, I, I am championing a void for vagueness amendment, which is to take a 1926 constitutional rule and turn it into an amendment that requires all laws to be clear, objective, and easily understood. I would take it a step further and make them general, equal, and certain as well in order to effectively eliminate lobbying and corruption in government. And then I would declassify an open source government because law and the government cannot be objective and proven as true or false without knowing that the information that we're measuring against is objectively true. And so we need to declassify and open source our government, reinstate the fairness doctrine and net neutrality until we have a truly competitive market for information, which we do not have right now, because the information is channeled through just three companies, which provide our internet and six corporations control our media, all of which is controlled by the Federal Reserve. I would also turn the Federal Reserve into a credit union so that we can get off of oil and out of oil wars, invest into renewables and organics instead, and to give every American an equal ownership stake in our economy and a dividend from the profits thereof, just like as if you owned a stock in Ford or GM. When you own a share of a stock, you earn a dividend. When you are a member in a credit union, you earn a dividend. I would take it one step further, and I'm not sure if this needs to be a constitutional amendment. Perhaps if it is, then it would it would streamline government to the greatest degree in combination with the void for vagueness amendment. But to ensure that law or that crime requires a victim. In other words, we need to repeal all victimless crimes. If no one is getting hurt, then it should not be a crime which means that we will be ending the war on drugs. We would be ending a, a number of rules out there that are just on the books for who knows what reason, and there's so many of them that we don't even know what the rules are anymore. But that is exactly what enables and empowers the police state, the security state, to have full and total control over our actions as human beings. 
That is what is empowered and enabled through subjectivity in the law, the entrapment of the American people, through laws that we are so myriad and numerous that we no longer know what the law is, and therefore the law enforcement officers come after us for any anything at any point. So by ending, so by making it illegal and unconstitutional for a crime to be a crime without a victim, we will be ending the war on drugs. We would be effectively legalizing and decriminalizing all drugs. We will be getting people out of prison, off the pills, off the streets, and back to work. We will be expunging their federal, their, their felonious uh, records, and rightfully so, because it wasn't a crime in the first place. And I would even say that we need to take it a step further as part of potentially a called, uh, something called the Second Chance Act that looks at the secondary effects of these laws that we've had in place because of the war on drugs, because of the systematic racism, systemic racism in our country. We have had people, because of the failing schools in urban communities, because of the Federal Reserve's bias for white companies over black companies, These things have created a culture in which minorities in particular, the black and brown community, and anyone else who happens to fall under under the auspices of the law at some point, um, on the other side of the law at some point, it has created inequity in our society. And, And once you are in a position where you are having a difficulty earning a living to support yourself and potentially your family if you have one. The incentives are skewed in favor of doing whatever you have to do to support your family. And sometimes that means more crime. And so because of these laws, this tough on crime bill in 1994 and 95, three strikes and you're out and you go to prison, because of these laws, We've actually created more crime. And if we really truly want to be tough on crime, then we need to go after the revenue source of the crime in the first place. And the only way to do that, to eliminate the revenue source of gangs and criminals, is to legalize or rather repeal the prohibition on drugs and guns and everything else. And when we do this, this is the single best way to defund, defund. If you want to defund the police state, or in my opinion, I want to completely deconstruct and destroy the security state. Security has no place in our constitution or declaration of independence. Liberty does. And Franklin warned us against security because you can have only liberty or security, not both. This is the way. This is the way, folks. This is the way that we restore liberty in America. Avoid for vagueness amendment to ensure that we declassify an open source government. 
to ensure that words mean things, that we live up to our true meaning of our Declaration of Independence and Constitution and provide liberty and justice for all people, all the time, without exception. Align the Federal Reserve with people by changing the ownership structure into a credit union so that the American people own the credit union and stop subsidizing the banks. And to make sure that we end all victimless crimes and in doing so end the war on drugs and invest in our communities instead and dismantle the security state in the process. Everything really is tied together. And if you believe that to be good, you must be bad, and that we must entrap and lure other people into making bad decisions to find out the true meaning or the true value of their character, then that means that you are no better than the people that you are than the people that you believe you are attempting to entrap. In fact, it makes you worse. Because the people that you are attempting to entrap may not have committed the crime if you hadn't presented them with the opportunity in the first place. This this podcast is longer than it should be. And it's the reason the reason why is because it's because of the circuitous the circular nature, the subjective manner of of every of the, the nature of America today. If words simply meant what they were meant to mean, and we lived up to those meanings, we would have a small government that met the needs of the people, that allowed the people to live freely without encumbrances of the government and free from a totalitarian system in which you can walk down the street and go to prison for chewing gum and spitting on the street or driving while black or any number of things that don't that do not involve a, a victim this is liberty folks what i'm talking to you about is liberty it's a it's about being american it's about setting aside partisan politics because one cannot be a Republican or a Democrat and be American at the same time. You are either American or you're a partisan. You either believe in liberty or you believe in overthrowing liberty through a security state. It's not, it's not both, it's one or the other. And now it's time, liberty must strike back. That's the reason why that's the theme of the campaign. Please go to libertystrikesback.com and get involved. Share this with a friend. Spread the message if you're in Tennessee. I just want to add that the gentleman from Planet Fitness, he started the conversation and he asked me, you have a father and a son, and he said, what's missing? And naturally, as a Catholic, your response is to say the Holy Spirit. And the assumption is that the Holy Spirit is also male. But the reality is that when you have a father and a son and the, and the question is what's missing, the answer is the mother. Because as human beings, we're sexually reproductive, and therefore you need a father and a mother to produce a child. And so what is the Holy Spirit then in that case? Well, in my opinion, the Holy Spirit is nature and the laws of nature, and that there's probably a reason why nature is called mother nature, because the spirit is the eternal feminine energy. Spirit is female. So you have the Father, the Son, and you have the female Holy Spirit or Mother Nature. Now, I just want to be clear that that is not a statement on preference. I support the liberty of all people to love how they feel, how they see fit. 
And that, again, I believe, is also listed in our Declaration of Independence. We are each endowed with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, the latter of which I perceive to be love. And so the, each, each individual is entitled to live however we see fit and to love whoever it is that we love and however we wish to express that love. So just wanted to say that. In any case, uh, this is Joe McHugh, your American candidate for President of the United States. Please visit libertystrikesback.com to get involved. We're collecting petition signatures in states near you. And if you would like to get an effort started in your area, please do so. Go to libertystrikesback.com to send me a message, and I'd be happy to work with you and show you exactly what needs to be done.